You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper, you're in for a treat. I was listening to Kenneth Copeland a few months ago. I taught this to the men, and this just rang. He's telling the story of his aunt who was in the hospital. A phone call comes in as he's at his mother's house and the, the call comes in and, and they say, you know, his, his aunt's about to die. His mother frantically says, Kenneth, we need to go to the hospital immediately. And, and they're getting dressed to go. And, and the spirit of the Lord told him, pause. They were ready and frantically wanting to get to the hospital. His mom's like, what are you waiting for? Come on, come on, come on, let's go. And the Spirit of the Lord told Kenneth, pause. And he said, before you start praying, ask me how you should pray. See, when, in, when things happen, when things jump off, when the doctor's report is bad, the kid's report is bad, we start declaring, don't we? I decree and declare that in the name of Jesus... I am healed. I decree and declare the seed of the righteous is blessed. And those are all real. But do we ever stop for a moment instead of talking so much and say, God, how do you want me to pray about this? You know, I've learned. Counsel many people, talk to many people who sit with unanswered prayer, frustration in their walk with God. They feel like God isn't listening or moments where they feel stuck in life and they wonder if they can actually get a prayer through or can I actually have breakthrough in this situation? God, I need a breakthrough on this job. I need a breakthrough in my marriage. I need a breakthrough at school. But see, the challenge for us is this. We think we know what's best. When God actually knows what's best. And if we stop for a moment to say, Lord, how do you want me to pray about this? How do you want me to approach this? It gives us the opportunity to live in sync with God. I mean, you know, I want to help you with something today. And this is something that we're going to be touching on all year long because it's one of the things that the Lord spoke to me during the fast that we really have to do a better job of in the church itself. You have to talk about the kingdom. Because if you miss the, the kingdom, a lot of Jesus' messages while he was on the earth was about the kingdom of God. And, and so when we, when we think that our church experience is about my car, my house, my job, my family, my welfare, my health, we miss the full kingdom message. The kingdom message isn't about me just being blessed. The kingdom message is about furthering God's cause. And, and sometimes when we don't have a kingdom perspective on our lives, we get caught just in the doctor's report or we get caught in what's just going on at school. But when we think about what God, the kingdom perspective of what's going on in our life, we see things from a different vantage point. Jesus preached these incredible analogies about the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is like a seed 
that the farmer sows. He said, the kingdom of God is like leaven in bread that it grows over time. And he, he preached these amazing analogies trying to give us an understanding of what the kingdom of God is like. And I want to, I want to tell you this, the kingdom of God is, it is God's rule, God's reign on the earth. But what I love in natural form, the kingdom of God is about practice, patterns, principles. It's about the practice of how we live our lives every single day. The pattern by which we learn to approach God in the Bible that God is a holy God. And I know that that part can sometimes be lost because we want to make God approachable for everyone. What I love about God is God is so holy yet so approachable at the same time because of Jesus. But if we lose sight of his holiness, we lose the awe that comes along with knowing a mighty God. And when we lose that awe, see, this is what, what, what happens when we make God's message so grace-filled and we forget about the fact that God is holy and righteous and powerful, is when we make God so gracious, we put him on our level. But when we recognize that if it wasn't for him sending his son, if he hadn't died on that cross, if he hadn't rose from the dead, we could not approach him at all. And I can't approach him on my merit or my good works. I can only approach him because of Jesus. But I don't want to lose sight that he is the king, the Lord the savior, the master of everything that there is. And when we say, okay, it's, it's practices, patterns, principles, then we understand that the principles in the Bible are called spiritual laws. Now stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Spiritual laws. Spiritual laws are like natural laws. What goes up must, that's a natural law, gravity. But there are spiritual laws like, you reap what you right. Another spiritual law is this. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. That's a spiritual law. You can't sin and think, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Yes, he forgives you. But when we sin, we set in play a system of circumstances and consequences that fall in our life. See, there are some of the things, I'm going to help you right now. There are some of the things that you're blaming God for. But really, if you really looked at your own behavior, it's not God doing it to you. It's you that have done it to yourself. And since you won't take responsibility for what you've done, it's easier for you to blame God and get mad at God. When God's like, at the moment you repent. And take responsibility for what you've done. I come in. See, so the kingdom of God is, it's a system. A system of beliefs. There are two main systems in the world that we live in right now. There is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. There's, I'm sorry, forgive me. I wish there was. There's no middle ground. It's the kingdom of God. Or the kingdom of darkness. And here's how you define which kingdom you're in. The choices you make. The choices you make. 
Human beings make about 3,500 choices every single day. That means you have 3,500 opportunities to make choices for the kingdom of God or against the kingdom of God. And whatever choice you make determines what system you're operating in. (laughs) Remember, we're talking about being in sync with God. So, this is my modern day analogy. The difference between, Pastor Frank, can I see your phone for a moment? I'm not going to throw it, I promise. Thank you. This is an iPhone. Now, this is my phone, my phone, clarity's sake, this is mine. This is a Samsung, I'm sorry, I'm not, you know, sorry, forgive me, sorry. This is a Samsung, seven, eight, five, I'm not sure. It's a seven, forgive me, forgive me. So listen, the Samsung phone operates on what's called 8.0 Oreo, which was introduced back in May 2017. So this, because they upgrade them on a regular basis. I don't know how often the Android upgrades, if it even upgrades, does it upgrade? It's just Biden. It is what it is. Okay, let me move on. The Apple phone operates on the i no the iOS system. I think we're on number eleven right now because we upgrade quite a bit. You know, got to say with the times. What happens is so. Let's just say, for the sake of the analogy, iPhone is the kingdom of God. You know where we're going. Android is the kingdom of darkness. Hmm. I'm just saying. Since they have two operating systems, I can't operate the Oreo system in an iPhone because it's not compatible. I can't operate the iOS system in the Android because it's not compatible. So I must operate in its proper system to get the proper results of using the phone. Am I correct? See, what we, here you go, sir. Bless you. I knew he was going to catch it. Or maybe I didn't care. I don't want it to. Here's what God's trying to tell you, and this is why you're frustrated. You have an you're in an iPhone system, but still operating like an Android. And you wonder why God isn't moving. And you wonder why God isn't doing things on your behalf. And why your prayers go unanswered. And why you have seasons out of sync with God. See, you're trying to operate in the wrong system. Here's what you're doing. You're operating in the system of the kingdom of darkness while trying to get the benefits of the kingdom of God. And as you live like that, you can come to church, you can sing a song, you can dance up and down the aisles. But my God, when you go home, your stuff ain't working right because you're operating in the wrong system. 
You operate your marriage in the wrong system. You operate your job in the wrong system. You operate your life in the wrong system. And because you're operating in the wrong system, you can't get the kingdom of God results. It is interesting when we talk about walking in sync with God, that since the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign, and he has principles and it is a system, if we want to walk in sync with God, we have to learn to walk in God's system or God's ways. A system is simply a way of doing something. And I love the way the, the Moses puts it in Deuteronomy 30 and 15. Today I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. I'm commanding you to be loyal to the Lord, to live the way, to live the way he has told you and to obey his laws, his principles and his teachings. You are to cross the river. And take the land that he's given you. If you obey, you will live and become successful and powerful. If you walk in his way, you will become successful and powerful. And then we take it to Matthew 6, 33, because we're used to this one. It says, but more than anything out of the CEV, more than anything else, put God's work first. Do what he wants. Then other things will be yours as well. Let me, let me break this into the amplified version. This will bring it home a little more. But first, and most importantly, seek, aim after, strive after his kingdom. And listen to this, his righteousness. Now, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. See, The kingdom of God is more than just something to shout about. The kingdom of God is more than a cute message that Jesus taught. The kingdom of God is a lifestyle. It is a way of doing and being right. How should I handle my job? The way the kingdom of God says I should. How should I handle my marriage? The way the kingdom of God says that I should. How should I parent my kids? The way... How should I date the way? How should I handle the person that cut me off on 70? The way. God says live. I love this thought in Psalms 103, 7. God made his ways known to Moses, made his deeds known to the Israelites. You know what that says to me? That's a different level of intimacy. Because it's like, see, you can see my hand. I bless you with the job, yeah, yeah. I bless you with this or I bless you with that. That's, that's God's hand. But to know the intimate details of life, the mysteries of the gospel and life itself, that, that takes a level of intimacy that can't be had by a five-minute drive-by on a, sun, on a Monday morning or a Sunday morning service. For me to know his ways, it takes a daily intimate walk with the Savior and our Lord. The word way means in Hebrew, derek, path, road, manner, 
conduct route, character, behavior, lifestyle. That God's ways is a lifestyle. So how should I handle my job? What do you say, God? How should I handle this season of my life? What do you say, God? And so what I did is I gave you handouts. There was this thing in the back of my Bible Back in the day when I was young in Christ, trying to learn where to find different things that I was walking through because I was still learning the Bible. So I didn't know where to go when I was having problems in an area. So I decided that, you know, we as a team came up with this group of scriptures that actually are things when you're walking through that begins to help you know where to look when you want to know how God wants you to handle the situation that's going on in your life. And so, you're welcome. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Because the whole idea about walking in sync with God is you have to walk in God's ways. Jesus was a perfect example. And what I love about Jesus, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So many people say, well, I can't do that because it was Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus was the example of what we should be doing. He was the one that showed us it could be done in human form, in the person that is fully submitted to God and wanting to walk God's lifestyle out. But there's a particular story for me that really illustrates a situation where someone had to walk in God's way of a situation or circumstance because they didn't know what to do. It's the story of Jehoshaphat. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat is the king of of Judah. And and as the king, he had made some mistakes early on in his life because he was trying to live his life his own way. As a matter of fact, his mistakes were so crucial, one of them almost got him killed because he was trying to live in his own way. But he decided, man, I'm going to live this thing right for God and I'm going to teach the nation of Judah to live the same way. And as soon as he decided to live the way God wanted him to live, Three armies attacked Judah. Isn't that just like the devil? The day, you, the day you decided to start fasting, somebody had your favorite meal. The, can, can I just say, say this? I, I just say this. Because I'm so grateful for this church because you guys actually listened to me when I preached. And, and it showed because right as the fast was beginning... Uh, you blessed me with Starbucks cards. A lot of you did. And I was so grateful. But, but the challenge was I made the decision to give up coffee for 21 days. And, and so it was right around Christmas. And many of you gave me gifts. And I thank you, by the way. Thank you so much. You weren't used by the devil. Let me just first say that. But, but the devil took, an, he took your goodness as an opportunity to mess with me. And so here I am with all of these Starbucks gift cards going into this fast, knowing I'm about to give up coffee. I said, the devil is a lie. I'm going to do this thing. Can I tell you that as I stand on this today, say today, I have not had a cup of coffee since the fast began. And at 1231 today, I'll be having my first cup. Come on. My God is awesome. I have never gone this long without coffee since I began. That is the power of God's grace. But this is how it works. And the enemy will work as soon as you start tithing. 
your car will break down. As soon as you start making your mind up to go to church, your husband starts wilding out. And here is Jehoshaphat. As soon as he makes the decision, we're going to live for God for real. The enemy shows up in the form of three armies. Judah wasn't strong enough to face these armies. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was alarmed, filled with fear. But this is what he learned. Because in the past when he was fearful, he tried to fix it himself. But he learned something in his mistakes before. He's like, nah, this time I'm seeking God. And he called the whole nation of Judah on a fast. Now, the army was two days away from getting to Judah. So people from all around got there quickly and they fasted for those two days, not to come up with their own plan, not to try and figure it out themselves. He didn't call a meeting and say, let me get my generals together who know war and skill and understand how to fight these matters. No, he said, no, no, no. We're going to seek the Lord. What God, how do you, what way do you want us to approach this thing? And he called the fast. And everybody came together and he prayed. I, I, I tell you, I wasn't because I didn't think, I thought it would take too much time, but I got to say this prayer that he prayed. He said, oh Lord God of the ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in the land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, We can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. He says, now what the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those armies when Israel Israel left Egypt. So they went around and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your hand, which you have given the land that you've given us as an inheritance. Oh, God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against the mighty army that is about to attack us. And this is the most powerful statement that I had ever heard in the Bible because this is a king standing before all of his subjects who thinks he has to know the answers, who thinks he has to know how all of this is supposed to work out. But he makes this powerful statement. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you. The ultimate place of surrender, not my years of experience, not my many years of education, not the different things that I know or I can figure out. God, as I stand in front of these people, I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. Help us, God. See, that's called praying in sync with God. We must pray in sync with God. And here's the thing, the only way we can pray in sync with God 
is to know the will of God. And the only way we can know the will of God is to know the word of God. You can't pray God's will for your situation until you know God's word for your situation. And this is the confidence that we have, John 5, 14 and 15. This is a remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and his purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request that we have asked from him. We have confidence that when we have prayed the will of God for our situation, that he's heard us and he's answered us. And not that he's about to grant, but that, that phrase used a past tense word, that he is granted. See, to pray in sync with God, you got to know the word of God. That's so, see, you don't know how the system works until you study the system. Just like your job has a manual that you study, it's called the handbook for your job, so you can know, how do I ask for time off? How much PTO do I have? What, what, are, my, what are my holidays? All of those different things. Well, the, the Bible is God's handbook for life. And if you want to learn how to walk in the blessing, if you want to learn how to walk in success, you got to go to the handbook and see what the handbook says about the situation that you're facing. And when you check out the handbook, this gives you, this gives you material to pray so you can pray the perfect will of God for your situation. Number two in this, you got to plan in sync with God. So you got to pray. In sync with God, you got a plan in sync with God. And it says that after this prayer, Jehaziel said, this is the prophet, pay attention to me, everyone from Judah, everyone living in Jerusalem and, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. This is God's plan for you. Don't be frightened or terrified by this large crowd. The battle isn't yours. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Got to make sure I'm reading this correctly. This is what the Lord says. That situation that you're facing that is too great for you, that is too powerful for you, because you sought me, this is the, the PT version. Because you sought me and waited for me to answer, you don't have to fight this battle. This battle will be my fight for you. You don't have to fight for your marriage or your job or that situation. When you come to me, find out my way of doing it, and you execute my plan, it's no longer your responsibility to get you out of it. It's my responsibility to get you out of it. The battle is no longer yours. It belongs to the Lord. It's his fight. See, when you try and do it your way, when you try and figure it out your way, when you try and do your thing, guess whose fight it is? It's your fight. And you're going to have to figure it out. And you're going to have to walk it out. And you're going to have to sweat it out. But man, when you see God and get his plan, 
and execute his plan? Well, God, it hadn't happened yet. It's not your plan. I'm fighting this. Matter of fact, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to defeat it. And I'm going to give you victory. And I'm going to do it in such a way where you won't even be able to take credit for it. That's how powerful my hand is going to be on your life. People will look and say, how did you get out of that? And how did you come out of that? Let me tell you about Jesus. I called on him one night. He heard my cry and gave me a strategy. See, God, when you, when you have a need from God, God doesn't just do it for you. He gives you a strategy on how to approach it. And when you do the strategy that he's given you, you'll get the outcome that he's promised you. So you got to plan in sync with God. And then this last one, it's my favorite one. You got to praise in sync with God. See, you got to pray in sync, plan in sync. And praise in sync. Well, how do I pray in sync with God? Well, first, Thessalonians puts it like this in 5 and 18. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is the will of God for you who, who, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In the CEV version, whatever happens, keep thanking God because of Jesus. Because this is what God wants. So, man, what does that mean to praise and sync with God? That means I'm going to praise you when I like the outcome and when I don't like the outcome. I'm going to lift you when it isn't moving as fast as I want it to or it is moving as fast as I want it to. I'm going to lift you up even if the situation hasn't moved the way I want it to move and how I want it to move. Why? Because to praise and sync with God means no matter what happens, I'm going to praise you. No matter what happens, I'm going to praise you. How do I praise and sing with God? I'm going to give you a no matter praise. I'm going to give you a whatever praise. Because when I learn to praise and sing with them, something takes place. And so they got the plan. He said, you go face them. I'm fighting this battle. And so Jehoshaphat, recognizing that he didn't have to fight the battle, he said, see, this this is called a God strategy. Normally, we would put the army out front because they're going to have to fight. But since the Lord told us it is not our fight, Army, you go in the background. Worship team, you go out front. And he sent his crazy, what arm, what captain, what king sends the army in back and the worship out front? It's a king that knows he don't have to fight that day. And so what does he do? He sends the worship out front saying, God. Thank you for the victory. God, thank you for overcoming this. God, thank you for my job. Thank you for that home. Thank you for that baby. Thank you for that outcome. I don't have to fight. I can praise him. And the Bible says, and listen, you got to read this when you get home because you need to get this into your spirit. 
As soon as they sent the worship team out, the Bible says that the three armies that were coming against them started beating each other up. Here, man, here is Judah. They're like, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord. Whoa, oh, wow. Ooh, and they're watching these armies defeat themselves while they're just standing back praising the Lord and lifting them up because when I walk in sync with God, I no longer have to fight my own battles. My battles belong to the Lord. Give our God some praise. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.